0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day
1: returns. (laughs) Are you serious? Hello, this is How To Kill An Hour. Marcus Bronzy here at your service. There's plenty of ways to kill an hour out there right now. You're killing one with me. Now, there's loads of different ways to kill an hour out there. And we're investigating a lot of the moment. We've talked a lot about VR. We've, we've been playing games. We've been flying drones. We've been using things called couch coasters, uh, using uh, Bluetooth headphones because there is no jack on the iPhone. So we've got to look at what we're going to have to use as an, as an alternative. But we're also interested in how you kill time. And we came across a story that, well, all right. I love Batman, Funk Butcher loves Batman. Who doesn't love Batman? If you don't love Batman, I don't I don't know who you are really inside. But anyway, um we came across this story about a world record holding Batman. His name is Julian Checkerly. I had to speak to this guy because he holds a world record and he in his spare time is Batman. And anyone that can be Batman in their spare time, I need to talk to. Now the whole of this interview can be found by going to marcus meets which is our brother podcast you can find that by going to marcus forward slash meets that's m-a-r-c-u-s-b-r-o-n-z-y dot com forward slash meets or you can search via whatever podcatcher you like to use simples anyway um the first thing i noticed was julian's based in ireland so i'm calling ireland when i spoke to him but julian you you haven't got an irish accent no
0: this this is this is pure West Coast Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I came over here um, back in '97. Yeah, um, I'm originally from Windsor, just just west of London there. And uh, I came out here on a movie. Uh, there was, a, there was a shooting a, a location for a movie out here, and uh, as with most men who end up in other parts of the world, I met my wife over here. So
1: ah and so we love
0: back here in the end
1: so, ah, so love is what love is what ma- means that you live in ireland awesome awesome and um what's ireland like at the moment
0: do you know what? it's actually amazing if it wasn't for the weather there'd be the yeah you, know, you can't really beat it it's, it's actually i love it um i used to really uh miss england a lot and i still do i must admit oh my family are still over in, in the UK. Mm. Um, and I love coming back and visiting, but uh, boy, I really miss Ireland when I'm away now. Okay. Um, but it's just a different way of life. I, I was living in London, and, and when I came out here, it was just so, it's just out of the rat race. Mm. Um, but it was a little bit kind of, um, I'm not going to say backwards, because it certainly wasn't backwards, but it's, it's, it's full of culture and very kind of bohemian, especially where we are in Galway um but over the last sort of 10 years it's become incredibly cosmopolitan and it's the food here is amazing the people are amazing they just a way of life um just the standard of living is, is really really good here now so i love it i must say just the Great. weather really sucks it's just a sideways rain
1: oh uh, yeah yeah but you do also have something that you can't get anywhere else and that is irish guinness
0: yeah oh god yeah that, and that's so true and i never really i always thought that was a bit of a myth until i moved over and now when i sort of go away to other parts of the world i was in um monte carlo recently and I, I ordered a pint of guinness over there and it's just not the same it's disgusting. just hasn't got that yeah. creamy i don't know what it is actually it must, it's got to be the water
1: yeah that's what that's what people say and they say it doesn't travel well so you know i think no yeah. that's it
0: that's yeah. it have you, have you ever been to Ireland? have you
1: i have i have and i the fir- one of the first things i did was have a guinness and go no it's not going to taste oh my gosh this is yeah, delicious. Have the
0: one, did you then? Yeah, after that?
1: I had quite a few. But um, so, when you <laughs> moved over to Ireland, were you still doing the costume making stuff? Or yeah, well, this...
0: initially, I went over. Uh, there was a uh, quite a big movie over here. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Roger Corman. Yeah. Now, he, well, he he set up a studio over here in the west of Ireland. I think it was a bit of a tax break thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, what they were doing, they were banging out movies. I think they were banging about seven seven movies out a year. So it's was, it was nothing big budget. It's all kind of low budget um, B movie type stuff. Um, but what, uh, now and again, they'd pull in some money and do a fairly big budget one. So we were. I was brought over to Ireland to this new studio to establish a model shop for them. Now, when I say a model shop, that's like a model making shop. So you'd be making props and set pieces and, uh, any sort of special effects type dressing pieces for sets. Mm-hmm. And, um, I came over, started pre-production and the, um, the budget got pulled and basically the, the, the film didn't get made in the end. Right. Um, and, uh, it, it, that's, that's where we, the studio kind of started and brought me out here, which is where I met my wife. So, so. Yeah,
1: you, you continued making making costumes. How did you initially get into costume making?
0: Um, well, I'd always kind of wanted to do it since I was a kid. I saw sort of, sort of Star Wars as a kid, and, and I remember sort of being wildly obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Everything was kind of Darth Vader this and Darth Vader that. And I kind of made a, a, a little Darth Vader costume for a, a, a costume competition for the school fate or something one year and I won that mm-hmm. and it was kind of from there I didn't know what it was called I remember my dad saying oh that's um, that's special effects that is that's, that's what you know that's how they make the magic in the movies and uh, from then on I wanted to do you know special effects so I would uh, in school, I, I didn't really ha- back when I was at school. They didn't really have uh, courses like they have now. They have amazing courses these days for special effects and and prosthetic makeup and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to kind of make do with what I could find. So <laughs> the careers officer was a little uh, a bit of a loss, and the best we could find between us was a um, specialist makeup course at the London College of Fashion, in in right in Oxford Circus there yeah now don't get me wrong it's a fantastic place it was full of models and makeup artists and it was 98 percent ladies and i loved it <laughs> uh, but the the course itself turned out to be a glorified beauty therapy course so i'm great at like leg waxing and eyelash tinting and hairdressing <laughs> and all that um, and we were doing about an hour a week of um, sticking on rubber noses and things like that but right. so i believe that course now itself has actually come on leaps and bounds since then but in saying that uh it's kind of proved, in hindsight, it's kind of proved very uh, helpful because, like, there's been times when I've been on set and and someone needs a uh, you know a hair trim or a wig needs dressing and I can jump in there and do it. So there and you go. Handy, but yeah. So uh, from there, I, after London College of Fashion, I went on and um, didn't really get any work after that because it was it was so it was so vague really. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School and did a costume design and theatre design course. Uh, which did help again, but um, it was all kind of more theatre based. But the, the real break came as when I sent out a load of CVs to the studios in London, to Pinewood and Shepparton. and uh, a guy there gave me a break and had me in there uh, in his workshop making tea. And uh, it turns out he, he's a guy that used to do all the big sort of polystyrene sculpts, uh for movies. So if you have things like um, Tomb Raider or something like that, we had these massive. Uh, Buddhas that had to be sculpted for the sets he'd he'd be the guy to go to for making these giant oversized set pieces so I became what was known as polybasher. so you're basically sculpting polystyrene and the rest is history went on from there
1: yeah a, a poly basher that's a poly basher yeah yeah i've never seen that when under job description when you fill in stuff <laughs> online so that must be quite an interesting experience for you so you went on from that and and you're a big star wars fan so has that got anything to do with the actual name of the company that you that you work with now or that that you have now
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, you, I suppose you've got to be a bit of a Star Wars fan to realise the connection, but yeah, it's there. Order 66 is obviously the uh, the order that um, Senator Palpatine, uh, or was it Emperor Palpatine by then, I think, um, issues to, to finish off all the Jedi. So uh, that, yeah, we just grabbed that yeah.
1: um,
0: as our powerful little
1: moniker. Name. Very powerful name. Right, um, so yeah, that's great. And it, what, what other sort of films can we see you working before we talk about your, your world record?
0: Um I did all kinds of things. I did lots of sort of T V shows and all sort of classic um ones that are based in the UK there. So um uh going back now. Uh I did bits uh where will we start? Um let's do T shows. So we did uh, things like Father Ted, um Red Dwarf, uh Midsummer Murders, The Bill Uh, We did a a long stint on TFI Friday, which was really good. That was a great, great gig to get that one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So basically every week we'd be at the the Waterside Studios there in in Hammersmith Mm -hmm. um, doing these special effects type gags that Chris Evans would would come up with that week and we'd spend all week making it and then we'd go to the show on the Friday, film the live show, and that would be our week done. But it was really good because every week it would be something different and it's always great fun to work
1: there, you know awesome awesome so your world record uh let's let let, i don't know where to really start with it so you have a very interesting world record first could you just describe what this world record is please
0: okay so it's it's the most functional gadgets on a cosplay suit
1: right and the suit in question how did it come to be
0: okay so some very clever chaps over in Canada uh, called Gauntlet Effects and Tundra Designs. Um, basically, they they created an armour kit that anyone could go and buy, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, basically a 3D rendering of the Arkham Origins Batman suit. Right. They took that, they 3D printed it, cleaned it all up. So this is hundreds of man hours now, and then they cast it up in urethane rubber, and then you can you get these pieces so we took what they had made and then we just we just polished it a little took it took it to another level so we we changed out anything we could from the fake printed parts to like for instance like real rivets and we made uh we made a special undersuit that everything could be mounted to um and what we're trying to do is really recreate the computer game silhouette of a bat of Batman. As you probably gather, the computer game um character is just nothing like a, a real human being. It's massively proportioned. You know, you got huge arms and shoulders and, and tiny little waist and all this kind of thing. So we we tried to do that as best we could on a on a on a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so we padded out here and there and kind of tucked bits in where we could. Uh, we made a few extensions as well for the suit, because the suit was kind of made for a slightly smaller guy. Um, uh, I'm, I'm fairly large, so we had to make some bigger <laughs> bigger extensions yep. to fit me, which helped in the, in the, in the outcome of the actual suit. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we took the suit, we weathered it, painted it, mounted it, uh, made a really huge cape for it as well, which really makes it. And when we'd made the suit, it was lovely, looked really good, but we just thought we'd embellish it with a few little gadgets. Uh, so initially, we just made sort of two or three gadgets just for a bit of fun mm. And then from there, we did a photo shoot, so we, we kind of do these photo shoots every so often as a, like a promotional thing for the company. And we published them online. And the editor of the Guinness Book of Records saw it and contacted us just to say well done initially and it's amazing and, and you know, love what you've done with it. And um, just talking to him, we said, well, you know, is there a chance we could get a, a record by making a load of gadgets? And we sort of started probing how many, you know, has anyone sort of done this before? And it turns out they hadn't really. So we, we decided, right, let's 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 go for a, a world record. And we decided to make lots and lots of gadgets
1: yeah and how many in total now because i know this is a number that could be going up as we speak.
0: yeah that's it well officially there's 23 yeah. but there has been a f- there's a few more on the workbench that i can't say anything about because <laughs> we've got another project coming up
1: Ooh. regarding Ooh. one or two okay uh, but
0: it's, it's nothing massive it's just, just a bit of fun again but um it's yeah there's a few more on the workbench standing by
1: i look forward to those so so this how how long did it take to to create all of these gadgets by the way
0: so the gadgets, um, we finished the suit last May. We're probably looking about three or four months to make wow.
1: them all.
0: Wow. That's, that's not really full-time because we've obviously got other jobs on here, but it'd be one of those ones you'd really kind of enjoy doing. It started out, it's like say, a bit of fun and it sort of turned into a bit of an obsession. Uh, the guys would go home on a on a Friday night and I'd sort of come in at the weekend after having an idea mm-hmm. that night of, you know, you, you lie awake at night thinking about these things <laughs> like you do.
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: <laughs> and uh, they'd come in on a Monday morning and there'd be another gadget sitting on the bench. So, awesome. um, uh, initially we were kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll easily be able to think up all, all these different gadgets that we could make. And, um, it started getting silly we started putting you know there's a few silly ones in there admittedly and again it is all a bit of fun and it's it's you know it's, it's a great hoot to, to, to um to be doing all these things but we were actually struggling then towards the end oh what can we make next <laughs> you
1: know, well, so. j- just to be clear though julian uh with hmm. the listener these are fully functional gadgets, right? Let's, let, like, so I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'd like to, you to list a few of the things that the suit has, but just so you're aware, these are re- these actually work like.
0: They all do something now. Some of them are kind of special effects, and some uh, m- most of them are do what they say they do. Um, but, but yeah, they all do something. They all function mm-hmm. uh, in one way or another. I mean, there are things like the the grapnel gun that ba- Batman famously fires and can swing from, and so on. Now, over here in Ireland, we've got very strict gun laws, as you guys do over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, except it's even more so. So we uh, we, we initially started making a high powered. Um, gas-powered grapnel um, gun, and I've got a very. I'm very friendly with a, a few policemen over here, and one of them <laughs> informed me in a nice, gentle way that if I was going to carry on making this 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 beast of a, of a gadget, that it would become a be classified as a firearm. So okay, I had to right. be very careful with that. So we had to knock that one back to just a very puny spring-powered thing in the end. Okay. Uh, but then we've got fireball shooters. Uh, we've got laser designators, flashlights, tracking devices, a little pneumatic um, dart gun, um, a bat time projector. Uh, we've got a uh, God, what else have we got? we got a, oh yeah, we got the um, anti-attack dog device, uh, which is built into the into the um, buckle of the utility belt. So you basically press a button, and a very high-pitched whistle is created electronically. Awesome. Um, We've got the stainless steel shurikens. We've got a video screen in the gauntlet. Uh, We've got flashbangs. We've got uh, a respirator, uh, UV lamp. Crikey, I'm doing well to render these off the top of my head. Uh, And uh, a BB uh, grenade, as it
1: were. Awesome. And what's your favorite gadget out of the lot?
0: I got. Uh, ooh, I always say this. I think. I think it's probably the fireball sh- gas dispenser. Yeah. And because they look so cool when you when you actually pop those off, it really takes people by surprise. So we've got we've got a 4 barreled fireball shooter. Yeah. Um, so you can load it with different kind of loads. Um, from it can shoot sort of small fifth size fireballs anywhere from I don't know uh, five feet up to about ten fifteen feet. Oh yeah. So that's that's great fun that one, um, yeah. and that's that's built into the gauntlets. Oh wow! And then the the gas dispenser is again built into the gauntlet, and you basically kind of do an Iron Man repulsor pose, and mm-hmm. this it produces this gas from the wrist that lights up as well. So we've got a couple of LEDs in there that lights up all the gas, and it looks almost nice dramatic, you know.
1: Awesome, awesome. There's a gadget that I really like that I've seen in some of the videos, and I need you to verify whether it's real or not and it's mm. the sort of gadget that would help batman unwind after fighting a lot of crime i've seen a bat flask is this yeah, is this that's part really of the su-
0: important. yeah really really important that one and it's and it's really it really does function that one
1: good does it function well have you have you tried it out a few times
0: yeah well we had to we had to practice a lot with that one yeah and good i've been so in ireland as well we you know we're, we're famous for our um, flasks of yeah. stuff and, yeah, that's uh, it. yeah, we had to practice a lot with that one. But, yeah, it's actually, it's, it's, I think they call it a hip flask, but it's not. It's actually an antidote flask.
1: Antidote, yeah. All right, mate. So there you go. That was a little clip of when I spoke to Batman, a.k.a. Julian Checkley, in Ireland, without his Irish accent. Um, oh, what a nice little story. He Fell in love. That's how he ended up over there. But, yeah, that was killing a little bit of time speaking to Batman. If you want to check out the whole of that episode, go to Marcus Meets. Uh, find that in your podcast catcher whatever one you use whether it's the apple itunes one or Acast or anything else um or you can head to marcus forward slash m-e-e-t-s that's m-a-r-c-u-s-b-r-o-n-z-y.com forward slash m-e-e-t-s i will put a link in the show description we're good like that anyway there's plenty of ways to kill an hour out there we've got another episode coming real soon. Stick around for that. Ciao.